afternoon, everyone. This is Steve Janikowski. I'm joined by Christian Thwaites, our Chief Strategist, and Rita Lee, our Director of Research. Good afternoon. Hi, everybody. As always, this call will be uh, relatively short. We're going to keep it to 20 minutes, and following the call, a replay will be available. As usual, we'll begin with a very high-level overview of the economy and markets and what we're thinking about, what we're talking about regarding your portfolios. And then we'll open it up for questions in the remaining time. So just to kind of tee up the conversation, the U.S. market's done okay this year. Actually, not bad. I would say it's climbing a wall of worry despite the tariff talks and uncertainty about what's going on in the Middle East, uh, particularly the intrigue going on in, current, in Turkey. And there have been talks about currency collapses and so forth, and we'll, we'll address those. Uh, foreign markets have not been as uh, done as well so far this year. Uh, foreign markets are down, emerging markets even more so. Some of that's related to the tariff talk, and uh, we'll just we'll talk about a little bit about that. Bonds have been relatively flat for the year, slightly down. Uh, U.S. economy is actually in pretty good shape though. Interest rates still low, inflation still low. Uh, even though the Fed's raising rates, we don't see this as a uh, de uh, detriment to the economic growth story. Uh, the uh, tax cuts for corporations has actually uh, helped companies. Company earnings are doing quite well. There seems to be a little pickup in growth, but nothing really significant. No, no uh, concern on the inflation front yet that it's going to threaten uh, the overall economy. And we're climbing, as I mentioned earlier, the, um, the uh, wall of worry that we've uh, we go to from time to time when the news seems generally gloomy, but the market seems to be going up. So why don't I turn it over to Christian to uh, dive into some of these topics, and then we'll uh, we'll have a lively discussion. Uh, thanks, Steve. Um, and so, Rita, we, you and I were talking about a month ago on the same subject on emerging markets. So here we are back again. Actually, since that time, the emerging markets took a further dip south, but Whenever we schedule the title of one of these calls, the uh, data seems to change a little bit between the time we schedule them and the day of the actual uh, call. And, and today we're looking on a little bit better couple of days for emerging markets. So let's just kind of review, you know, what's uh, what's been going on there, and a quick review of the numbers. Um, so let's, without the, the big emerging markets altogether, about down about eight or nine percent. The biggest hit in local markets was China, it's down about twenty-one percent in local terms. Korea down about nine, and then India, which people kind of brick together with uh, with with China um, quite often as sort of you know the big Asian emerging powerhouse. It's actually up nine percent in local terms. But when you when you translate this to the U.S. dollar, all these returns get worse, uh, and that is sort of one of our themes as to what's going on in emerging markets. And there are three big themes. You might you might want to say what tell explain why they're worse in US dollar terms. Yeah, well essentially the dollar's been strengthening. So that's and that's kind of one of the one of the three uh, sort of major influences. So let's just start with that one. So the first one is that the US dollar uh was sort of on a period of weakening in 2017, which is why emerging markets international did so well. And then come the February volatility tantrum uh, it started to strengthen again. There's no real mystery behind this. It's primarily because the rate differential between the U.S. dollar uh, and almost every other currency is widening. Um, and, and just so clear for some people, some listeners, 
whenever the U.S. dollar goes down, our investments in international go up, even if the markets haven't moved and vice versa. So if the dollar strengthens, our investments actually go down, even if the markets haven't moved. So there is a, currency, there is a currency play here with the foreign investments. Yeah, and that drives part of our, our decision. And so right. the dollar strength has actually uh, made it a little bit worse being in international and emerging than it otherwise be. Um, the other thing that's happened with the dollar, of course, is the rate, the rate differential is the biggest one. Um, but, you know, oil prices have also gone up 13 percent, you know, various reasons. Some of that supply uh, shock um, and with you know Iran coming off tap on tap, depending on what the latest uh, um, uh, political moves are. But remember, oil is priced in dollars and if oil price goes up, demand for dollar goes up and uh, that strengthens it as well. So, um, so that's the kind of one big reason. The other one, of course, is trade. And uh, uh, we've, we've, we've had some relief in the last 24 hours with the uh, sort of rewriting of NAFTA. We don't really know all the details behind that other than it does eliminate one core uh, piece of uncertainty. And, uh, and Mexico is very important in emerging markets, particularly its currencies. So that's why we've seen some of the bounce. But the big story there, of course, is there's roughly about $500 billion worth of Chinese exports to the U.S., about 170 the other direction for a $350 billion deficit. And, of course, the talk there is of up to 25% tariffs on the, uh, on the goods flow. So that immediately affects not just China, but a sort of inter-Asian trade as well and supply chains. And that's, so that's a very big deal when there's a, a lot of trade concerns uh, going on in the world. But you don't you don't have that much concern on the uh, on Chinese uh, ability to uh, retaliate, though, do you? I that that's a good one. I don't. I I mean, they they can certainly retaliate by putting on the uh, tariffs, which right. which 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 they have done. It's a question of which kind of uh, which kind of industries they. They target, but it would seem—I don't know, Rita. Do you think that China's think the weaker is, partner here? Well, it, it, well, <clears throat> in current times, uh, in the current time, the U.S. is a stronger economy, and uh, Chinese economy has been weakening. So, in, there, there is some internal um, discussion among their ministry leaders um, about what to do. So, they are not in a strong position to negotiate trade. However, uh, as with the U.S., there are probably two parties of, of this, and um, lately there has been um, talks about uh, Chinese trade uh, to Africa that may be able to replace the whole, fi the replace the whole 500 million that we're trading yeah. with them. And I, and I think generally, Steve, I know you've seen this probably lots of times, but you know the, the, the trade talks and discussions can have an influence way beyond the kind of dollar number. So you can kind of sit down and we've done the math and go, okay, 25% on 500 billion, mm -hmm. that's not a large chunk of either country's GDP. But I think what it does is affect people's confidence, planning processes, supply chains, uh, expectations for price increases, wages, and so on. That's that kind of, you get that kind of double and triple fallout, which seems to happen. And in, in, in also in our experience, the market hates uncertainty. Yeah. And what this does is creates uncertainty, not only what you just mentioned, what the fallout might be, but also where is this all going? Yeah. Because nobody knows. Everyone's playing their, their cards close to the vest. And so it's not clear how, how much more of this, how, how much further this will go, or when there's likely to be some type of resolution or people coming to the table to negotiate in good faith. So 
That's the second big one. Um, so we talk about the US dollar uh, and trade. And the third one is, is US rates, which actually feeds right into the dollar. But you know, 12 months ago, uh, the market thought that Fed funds right now, and you know, just about to hit September, would be 1.5%. Well, they're actually 2%. And the two-year treasury was 1.45% uh, a year ago. Now it's 2.6%. So the immediately you kind of got that uh, increase in U.S. rates, you know, two things happen. It makes U.S. dollar assets, which we've discussed, that much more attractive. But importantly, it makes uh, the dollar-denominated debt that foreign emerging market companies have that much more difficult to repay. So the rates go up, the dollar goes against them. Suddenly, more of their cost of goods sold is just spent covering interest payments. Mm -hmm. So I think those three things have really kind of uh, put a damper on, on emerging markets, you know, for now. And then in addition, we've had three specific stories, South Africa, Argentina, and Turkey, of which Turkey was the most recent one, where um, you've got the sort of triple whammy of high external debt, uh, high government borrowing, uh, and inflation and a foreign exchange crisis. And uh, particularly in Turkey's case, they're doing pretty much nothing about it. So those three stories have sort of, um, you know, had this contagion effect and people look for who else might suffer from these kinds of fallouts. None of them is particularly big. I mean, Turkey, we worked out, was less than 1% of global MSCI GDP, mm -hmm. less than 1% of emerging mm -hmm. markets. We shouldn't really care about it. We should, you know, we, it, it's, uh, it, it, its total market is, um, is you know, two Facebooks um, and, and three quarters of an apple. So it's not that big, but uh, but I think again the story kind of you know, gets contagion. That's what we've been worrying about recently. Um, so those are the kind of three big macro events which have hurt the market. Three specific recently, but things have begun to change. And I think the big player here, Rita, you and I have discussed this a lot, is about you know China. And so they're in the middle of the trade talks. And it's been interesting things going on with the renminbi. Maybe you could sort of fill us in on that. Yeah. So um, the renminbi has been. Um has been on the decline for uh, since uh, the, the May um, or since the beginning of the year. Uh, it's declined for about 10%. And uh, the Chinese um, central bank has put back a mechanism uh, called the, uh, oh, it's a long name, um, counter-cyclical adjustment factors. Um, and that is a, a way to put their um, currency within a ban on an onshore basis. Um, and typically that gives uh, a level of stabilization um, for the for the currency. Um, what the, the the Chinese bank central bank is worried about is capital flight and further pressure uh, on the on the uh, Chinese equities. So they are making uh, a, a lot of uh, efforts to 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 help with this effort. Um, aside from trying to uh, deploy this CCAF, this counter cyclical adjustment factor. They also reinstated uh, some forward trading rules um, and, and basically requiring a 20% uh, upfront in order for people to do forward uh, currency contracts. And that's a big deal. Um, they also ask banks not to go into a hurt behavior, uh, not to chase momentum. They've also restricted capital flows offshore. Mm -hmm. So there are a number of things that they are doing in order to calm this currency fear, which tells me another, um, uh, gives me another reason, Steve, that I think um, 
they do worry about trade issue. So, so maybe step back for just a second. The U.S. economy and markets are doing actually quite well. Yeah, very well. U.S. stocks, the S&P is up about 9%. Small cap, smaller company stocks are up in, in double digits. So we're doing quite well. And foreign stocks are down, even though they're earlier in their cycle for the recovery, and the companies and the economies are doing reasonably well in emerging markets. So maybe let's spend a little time talking about why uh, people might naturally ask, well, why are we in emerging markets and why are we in foreign stocks instead of just in U.S. stocks? And that, that question comes up every time foreign stocks don't do well. So maybe you can address that, Christian. Yeah, I, I, I think um, that, that that's very fair. Um, so I look at it and, and kind of start from the obvious. Emerging markets are, are growing faster than their developed market counterparts. You know, economic growth isn't always tied to stock market return, but it's a pretty big influencer. Um, secondly, the, the demographics are more favorable in a lot of emerging markets than I think uh, than in developing markets. And not only the age demographics, but the emerging middle class uh, story, which is sort of you know, higher purchasing power and, and, and more, and more uh, spending. Um, thirdly, uh, you know, each one of these countries has very low government debt. I mean, here we are, you know, in the U.S. about to hit a government budget deficit equivalent to about five or six percent of GDP, outstanding GDP, uh, outstanding debt at seventy-five percent for the public debt, hundred over hundred percent for the uh, for all in debt. In other countries, uh, emerging markets, China, what's that number? It's not even fifty percent. Very low, and they have taken measures to re to reduce it even lower. Mm -hmm. So I think those are kind of the good fundamental stories. Um, and right now you can buy emerging markets at a 25% discount to developed markets, which mm -hmm. is you know, not a bad time to, to enter. And I think we've also found out, you know, especially the last few years, that emerging markets, when they move, they move really quickly. When this right. time last year, we were sort of you know, pretty happy with ourselves and sitting on 35%, 40% mm -hmm. gains in, uh, in emerging markets. And they correct pretty quickly the other way. But uh, no, I, I still think emerging markets are a very important part of, uh, of, of, of an investment portfolio. And uh, and just to give an example, what's happened last 24 hours, we've seen uh, you know half a NAFTA deal done. We don't really know this administration is good at saying that it's great, but not necessarily giving you much detail on why it's great. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and there we did. We saw a you know, nice bounce overnight in emerging markets and the dollar weakening so both those things going you know in our in our way yeah that that i think that's 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 fear of christian and, and one of the things i always keep in mind is that we're, we're always managing diversified and all, all investors should be diversified and that means having asset or investments in various asset classes last year our big winners were foreign, foreign. developed mm -hmm. and emerging markets they outstripped the u.s market dramatically this year it's the other way around where U.S. is outperforming foreign. With small cap and, gaining. Again, yeah, and that's the whole point of diversification, which is that you're, you're not, all markets are not going to be going up at the same time. And the idea is smooth out results, but have participation in areas where we think are going to add value, are growing, and can generate returns for, for, our, for our clients. Um, how are we doing? And these things tend to flip-flop. I mean, you know, there will become a time where the, the foreign markets will be outstripping the, the U.S. markets again. So uh, how are we doing on time for Q&A? We could about another uh, five minutes. I do want to open it up to Q&A. Um, so uh, let's just start. We had one written in question. Um, and it is, uh, what effects will current trade talks have on emerging markets? Seems like NAFTA and European taxes talks are going in a positive direction on tariffs. 
And I, I think um, the second half of that question, are they going in a positive direction? Yes, today, than the last uh, 48 hours. <laughs> And um, you know, so we <laughs> there we go. So we we had a bit of a breakthrough um, the, yesterday, uh, and it seems right now you know Canada's being sort of invited into the rest of the NAFTA talks. As I said, you know, Mexico is a, a much bigger player on the emerging markets um, well, stage yeah. than its economy would suggest because its its currency is used as the default uh, uh, sort of go-to currency for emerging markets. So that's good news, certainly on the. Uh, on the European talks, um, it remains to be seen. I don't think it'll be as dire as people say, and it'll revolve around car uh, and, and auto uh, tariffs to a great deal. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely they're going to have a big effect on the market. And, and if things are you know any better than the worst case people have been really investing for, I think we'll see a strong bounce. I agree. And I think also emerging markets, although the market tends to um, look at them as a whole basket, they are quite differentiated among each other. Yes, very much so. I kind of think of that. You know, the, the Asian markets are a big part of emerging markets. So mm -hmm. that's uh, China, Hong Kong, Korea, Korea, Malaysia, Singapore, all those um, tra trading partners are really big. Yeah, I throw in India and I think you're at 65% yeah. of the emerging markets right there. So uh, that, that I think will will help if there's any kind of relief on the trade side. Well, the the lines are open at this point, so um, if you have any questions, feel free. To... Yeah. So if the the lines are open. Feel free to just uh, to ask a question. We'll 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 stay quiet for a few seconds to give someone a chance to talk. Christian, this is Robert. How are you? Hey, how are you? Good to hear from you. I'm doing fine. Good for you. As always, a, a really great call. Thank you so much. Can you give us a candid assessment of the performance of your portfolio choices within emerging markets? It's a little harder because, of course, with the U.S. markets, you can compare things to, the, to either the Russell or the SB index, and we can do a performance review of uh, individual portfolio choices. If we agree that there are benchmark in indices that we can judge the performance of any portfolio against, that there's average returns, how are the choices of the funds that you've chosen doing in relation to if someone just bought an index fund? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so the emerging market benchmark we use is is pretty much the the best one and most widely tracked. So it's MSCI emerging market, and that sort of captures you know, all the major emerging markets, and uh, they adjust for free float. And so it's really the one which is the best performance benchmark. It's equivalent to the S&P 500 to our extent. So one fund we use just tracks that, and, and uh, uh, the ticker is IEMG, and that will essentially just track that index. It might lag depending on when dividends get reinvested or, or uh, you know, to, you know, between day to day, but over the, you know, over the sort of uh, longer term, and I mean like weeks and months and years, it, it'll be dead on that index. The other uh, fund we have is from Barron, and that's very actively managed, and uh, that has a, a bias towards uh, domestic facing stocks. There's a lot of emerging market stocks which are big, you know, state-owned enterprises, uh, you know, the, 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 the Chinese oil, railways, the, bank. and, <laughs> the banks, you know, the, 
the big, big ugly ones. Uh, and and emerging, uh, we, we hired Barron's to sort of get more of the uh, domestic facing smaller companies. And so, uh, Rita, how's that done? That's actually, let, let me just add something on that. The thing about, Robert, the thing about analyzing any investment is in the short run, the the comparison to an index is almost irrelevant. Take Berkshire Hathaway as an example. That's no, I agree. I think we're talking about yeah. long run. Yeah, yeah, long run. So, for example, the Barron's has outperformed the the, the uh, benchmark index that we spoke about. So we're happy with that fund. Now, um, I think we're di we're diving in a little deep in the weeds. We're plus we're past our time. Uh, happy to follow up with you with further questions or to continue this. But we just want, in the interest of keeping it to the 20 minutes that we promised people, we're going to end the call now. Um, and thank you very much for everyone for participating. Anyone who didn't have a chance to answer, uh, get your question answered, and Robert, if you want to follow up on the question, give us a call. We'll be happy to complete the question. Anyone else who didn't get a chance to answer, ask a question, uh, feel free to call us, and we'll be happy to, uh, to go over your question as well. Uh, Robert, I'll, I'll give you a buzz right after this, after we've got through the uh, disclosure. Okay, thank you, everybody. And uh, this will be available on our, uh, on our website as well. Um, so disclosure, please note the information provided in this presentation for general information purposes only should not be considered an individualized recommendation for personalized investment advice. Okay. Investment strategies discussed in this presentation may not be suitable for everyone. Each investor needs to review an investment strategy for his or own particular situation before making an investment decision. All expressions of opinion are subject to change without notice in reactive shifting market or economic conditions. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. These conditions cannot be viewed as an indicator of future performance. Thank you, everybody.